Hello, 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 and welcome to Session with the Kush Queen, where we bring you the latest local and Canadian cannabis news and guests. Live! Yeah. Hello, 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 and hello. welcome to Smoke Sessions with the Kush Queen. This is episode two of season three. Today we have Rena. She is part of High Society Supper Club. <laughs> She's also part of the Cannabis Amnesty, and... Honestly, she's probably part of about 25 other things, like Canna Crawl, <laughs> and I don't even know. Like, you're literally everywhere, and I, I know that you're everywhere, because I see you everywhere. <laughs> There's stuff happening, yeah. There's a lot going on right now that uh, <laughs> needs a lot of our involvement. Yeah. It's good, though, but I like to start everything off really light, and I like to just get a little bit of history. Like, how did you originally, and how old were you when you were introduced to cannabis? Okay, so yeah, I've been around cannabis my entire life. I can't even recall how old I was when I was first introduced so to it. it's totally been around. Yeah, for it's a long it's time. literally been around me. But like I I remember being 2 and 3 years old and dancing in our basement to reggae while my dad and his friends were like just burning it up. <laughs> and I've always seen my grandmother just like smoking like a chimney and I'd always be like, "Oh, that's so bad. It's so bad." And then my dad would be like, "No, no, no." It's medicine. It's medicine. Oh, so you were right from the get-go. You were brought up with it being medicinal. Yeah. yeah. See, that's amazing. Like, yeah. I was brought up from a different place, point of view. Like, my father was a police officer. Oh, yeah. So, oh, my God. That must have been yeah. so different. Well, yeah. no, because he was happy that that was my... I didn't choose other oh, drugs. Oh, and I wasn't he a saw. Drug. Like, he yeah, was so real he was at least, about it. At least I was on yeah. smoking weed, and he knew where I was doing it, because yeah. I'd be at home. Right. And I wasn't out getting drunk right. and blacking out. Yeah. So, for him, he didn't like it. Right. But I think that was better... Definitely. Than all the other choices I could have made. Yeah, and anyone who pays attention who's in law enforcement, when I was in social work and I worked hand-in-hand with the Detroit police force, like, when you're paying attention to what the heck you're doing, you'll see. The people on the front lines know cannabis is, like, the solution. It was never a problem. You know, if it was ever on people's records, it was with a gazillion other things. Cannabis was one thing that brought them down and made them rational, if anything. Yeah. And, like, keeps them, you know, we already know, you know, that it, it's a homeostasis type thing. Like, it helps to create and maintain balance, right? Absolutely. So, um, does that in different ways. And, um yeah, so good for you in, in so many different areas of your life. How old were you when you first smoked it, or you don't remember that part? Oh, no, that's a, I, I totally remember that, and that's funny because I was, um, so I grew up, um, you know, as a person of Caribbean descent. A lot of the guys I dated growing up were from the Caribbean. Um, literally, like, everyone I knew and hung out with as a teenager smoked, and um, when I was 16, I remember a boyfriend, uh, I decided to try it. You know, he kept, like, offering. I'd have other boyfriends that would offer it. I'd be like, ah, no, I'm not interested. I think I had, tr- mm. no, that was the first time I tried it. So at 16, I decided to try it. It was always around me. I had a younger brother who smoked, like, trees night and day, and he was always trying to get me to smoke. And I was just like, ah, you know, it's not really my thing. I believe I was 16. I had a smoke. And I didn't feel anything. I didn't either the I first couple the times. I smoked the whole joint. I was so disappointed. I'm like, oh, man. 
So, um, you know, very stupidly and unfortunately, at a lot of Caribbean parties, not stupidly at the Caribbean parties, but I chose stupidly to engage in drinking instead. And, you know, as a young person, I drank beer, you know, because at Caribbean parties, they would sell beer, and it didn't matter how old you were, because in the Caribbean, they don't really judge well, you that way. I was way. younger. I could get into yeah. bars at 16. Like, Money Mart totally. IDs were yeah. accepted as photo ID to go to a bar, so... Yeah. And then I, so it was actually a, a really life-changing experience. I was 18, and I believe it was the day before my 18th birthday. My younger brother and I were always like, you know, kind of butting heads with things. We had the same friends and all kinds of stuff, so we were kind of like not really in competition, but he was always in my space. And, you know, anyways, trying to get me to smoke weed. The night before my 18th birthday, he was like, no, okay, come on. He's like, it didn't work on you because you don't know how to smoke it. You need to know how to smoke it. Someone's got to show you how to smoke it. And trust me, it'll be game over. You'll never want to drink beer ever again. This will be your thing. And da, da, da. So I wanted to try it because I came from the Caribbean. And like I said, you know, my family had always kind of praised it. My grandmother used it <clears throat> to make salves and different things. Me, myself, had always noticed that the crowds were very different, you know, with people who smoked versus people who drank. And I knew that drinking was not a good thing. I'd seen a lot of people. Were you born here? Yeah. Was yeah. your family born all back then? Yes, everybody so was born in Trinidad. So they were brought up with it medicinally, totally. and you yeah. were brought up in Canada yeah. where you were getting a mis different I'm perceptions, one at messages. school and then real yeah. other life and then one at home. Totally, yeah, because I'd see my, my family use it, but then I'd see the neighbors react adversely, like, ooh, you know, what's that smell? Or, yeah. you know, they'd have, like, problems with it. Or, you know, like in, in 1978, like I said, my dad, like, someone actually called the police on him, and it was a big deal. It ended up... <laughs> He did not take it lightly, um, to say in the least. And when the officer became physical with him, he defended himself. And he ended up, like, literally laying the cop out. And so, uh, you know, from a very young age, he ended up being charged and had to fight it and all this kind of bullshit. I saw from a very young age that, you know, a lot of people didn't think this was okay. And I didn't wow. understand why. I, I never understood why. And they weren't even using it like younger kids. Like, let's get high and smoke a joint after school. They were literally using it medicinally. Had to fight for their own rights yeah. physically. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know... Uh, sorry, getting back to my story as I'm like dancing everywhere. On my 18th birthday, you know, I, I went under a bridge and my brother literally, like he gave me a super, like he put it in his mouth and he took my face yeah, and he's like, I'm just going to blow it in your face until you can't breathe, literally. And he just started blowing it and he was like, inhale, just keep inhaling. Like, don't stop, just keep inhaling. And I inhaled until like, no joke, like smoke was coming out my nose, my mouth. I felt like it was coming out my ears. I was coughing so much. I had boogers and everything. Like people were walking around. And I remember like once I cleared all that and I looked up, like the world had totally changed. And all of a sudden I heard footsteps and they were echoing. And like, you know, it was just an entirely different thing. And um, yeah, the world became amplified and so much more beautiful. I remember that street light was like, like I was in a movie. I'm like, oh, look at that. Like, how close is that anyway? You know, all of a sudden, I didn't know if it was right beside me or far away, which was kind of interesting. And then I went home, and I had the best night, like, ever by myself in my room playing music. And I remember seeing, it was the craziest thing, like a kaleidoscope. I'd never seen that again, ever saw smoking. a kaleidoscope. Like, literally, this was the only time smoking ever that this happened to me. But it was I your think first time. I think it was because it was my first time ever 
And it was a little bit of sensory overload, but it wasn't a bad thing. It was a beautiful thing. It wasn't out of control. It was when all the lights were off, it was pitch black in my room and the music was playing. I feel like it was my mind and also You just, could see the music. I could see the music. It was the craziest wow. thing. Yeah. So, but, and ever since then, you know, I, I went back to cannabis. There were years that I didn't smoke because I was a social worker. And unfortunately, they would test my pee. In the States especially. Yeah. And in America, oh my gosh, America. <laughs> they they randomly test people all over the place. Yeah. Guys, you can be working at any kind of job and they will randomly yep. test you there. So they will. It's pretty yeah. crazy over there. Yeah. What, um, what, how do you prefer to smoke it? Honestly, do you prefer just, to smoke it? Yeah, just like on good old fashioned, rolling it up in a, a nice thin paper is, is my favorite. You like joints? I love joints. Yeah, I, I know it's not the best thing in the world uh, for you because of obviously, you know, the paper and the combustion yeah, get, and all of that. Some, you can smoke with raw papers and yeah, some of them are not. I still think it's not, you know, it's it's nothing compared to, you know, obviously we know cigarettes and everything else. There's no comparison. But, um, you know, I sometimes I feel a little touch of something. I, I try to go more for vaporizing. I love to vape, but I'll be honest. Vape, vaping vape as in, not as in, um, like, vape pens and stuff, but vaping no, you're as talking in, like, like, yes. Like a, yeah, where you like a volcano. Butt in. Yeah, something yeah. like that. But it, but I'll be honest, like, I get bored of that. I don't feel it. Really? You know what? It's and probably like that you don't have enough. I feel like the top of my mouth. The vapors are too hot or something. Really, eh? I feel like I get, like, burns What the temperature top of my do you put your... Um, oh, I put it pretty freaking high because I feel like I don't feel it at any other temperature. <laughs> it's, okay, so put it at, like, four. I'm used to clouds, so I have a problem, right? You can do it between two and four. Like, I sometimes I do mine as low as, like, 280. Really? But eh? sometimes I do it at, like, 420. That'll be the highest, though. Um, but I think you just maybe don't have enough because, like, my top... Tolerance is super high. <laughs> My tolerance is super high, and um, I felt like maybe in the beginning, like you know, I was kind of feeling it, kind of not. I have to have like a couple bags myself, like full bags, and it takes a little bit of time. But it, but it is nice, like especially first thing in the morning, like when you're like completely fresh and stuff. That's that's a really nice time to have a vape. But um, I also like the steam chalice. Love the steam chalice. Is that the thing that they have at the? Organja side? Yeah. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. With Organja. The bowl. Yes. It's made from a coconut shell, amazingly, with bamboo. And uh, you put charcoal in it, and it allows you to share it with a lot of people, which is what's really nice. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I seen one of them and I sent them they were setting them up when we had that when we were at that event downtown. Yeah, I'm sorry I didn't bring one tonight. We have one, but I have it like uh cleaning right now, but I I still could have finished cleaning it. I didn't it's kind of like a it. hookah process <clears throat> sort of, right? Yeah. Do you like Pretty certain much. strains or like are you an indica hybrid? Are you a sativa? I love Do you like everything? everything. You like yeah, I like it all. I love the the individuality of different strains. I like the different profiles. I like the flavors. I like the effects. Um, you know, I like how they look. I like how they smell. You know how they feel, how they react, how different ones press. How do you use them at different times though? Like were you more like sativas during the day? I used to. I used to be like that, but I, now I'm, you know, I'm not discriminatory. <laughs> I guess you know, I just kind of like whatever, whenever. Um, you know, there are some indicas that are pretty energizing, you know, and and will help you to maintain a lot of focus. And there are some sativas that I can have, and I can go to bed like almost right after. See, I used to love sativas, and then I found that I flipped over to indicas 
when I had like some anxiety issues and I'm having a hard time reintroducing sativas to my life again. It might just be... Um, I need to try, I'm trying hybrids. Are they making you feel too anxious? Okay, so yeah, then you need to find one that's just yeah. like the right balance. But they never did that before, which is strange. Yeah. It's really, or I always felt that way, but I didn't notice it until I actually stopped okay. smoking sativa. Yeah. So maybe I didn't know, maybe I was giving myself anxiety for a long time. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of hybrids now though, so almost everything's a hybrid now it seems. Oh, wait, 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 out of the way, sorry. Yeah, that's okay. okay. <laughs> everything's a hybrid now, but... Um, uh, almost. What am I everything is almost yeah. a hybrid. Sorry, I'm losing my train of thought. Everything's either 50, yeah. 50, like, 50 90, almost everything 10. Is, as soon yeah. as there's any other number. Yeah. Right, yeah. There's, there's um, you know, a bit of variation in everything. So it depends on, you know, what, what the composition yeah, is, Yeah, right? most of the time people will call it an indica if it's like a 90-10 or it's an 80-20. But that's still a or hybrid. Or at least dominance, yeah. Yeah, it's still a hybrid. It's not. Yeah. It's exactly. It's only dominant. Yeah. It's only dominant. So with you and getting into the cannabis industry... Because I know that you were talking about Detroit and you were into social work, so you must have seen like a totally different aspect of the whole thing because you must have seen people who actually had issues. Detroit as a lot well. Of like that's just crack, a lot of people on crank, people on heroin, people on, you know, I mean, they're on the really, really hard drugs. And, you know, again, like I was saying, it's, it's rare when you saw a family come into care just for cannabis abuse. Like, that was super, super rare. Um, and if they did, they were probably somebody forced them into it because they made them think that it was... Pretty much, yeah. Or, you know, it was like there was something else accompanying it. Like, they had a, a criminal history or, you know, not just, like, cannabis-related yeah. or, or what have you. But generally speaking, you know, we already know that cannabis doesn't drive families into care. Uh, we know that... Most cannabis families are actually pretty balanced, if not the most balanced out there, because, you know, they're, they're folks who are very resourceful and thinking for yourselves and you're thinking outside of the box and look at it. Like, these are folks, we have all been ahead of the game for a yeah. very long time. Everybody else is now <clears throat> finally catching up and just finally starting to respect and give, uh, you know, the kind of kudos that they really should to the people who have been, you know, engaging in and being, uh, you know, shepherds and, and partakers of this for, you know, all of this time, if you will. Uh, so, yeah, you know, it's good. We're, we're seeing a shift and, and it's starting to change anyhow. But, um, yeah. How did you go from social work to... Yeah. Like how? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I... I I was a social worker for almost 10 years. When I went in to, um, you know, community health, if you will, I actually started out as a correctional officer. I worked wow. in the jails here. I worked here <clears throat> at Vanier. I know where Vanier is. Oh, yeah. Worked at Vanier. It was so depressing, too, because the majority of women who are in prison are there because of drug-related offenses. It's, in Brampton. it's, it's bullshit, yeah. Yeah, it's bullshit. I grew up in Brampton, yeah. so yeah. yeah. I had girlfriends that actually it's went on, in uh, there. McLaughlin, like I, far I know north. girls yeah. that had to go there. You know, it's, I, mean, I never went there. Yeah, it's, you know, it's such a sad thing. That most of the people should never have been there. The majority of the people in there should never have had their lives disrupted for something so minuscule, you know, and, and some of them, yes, were into harder drugs or what have you. <laughs> But that's when you look at, you know, helping to heal somebody versus penalizing them. Yes. You know, it's it's the most ridiculous and sometimes approach. people just, exactly, like she said, they penalize right away. Sometimes maybe instead of doing the attack mode, people should ask a question. Like, hey, are you okay? Because people don't understand what's led people to that. They just mm -hmm. assume, 
Like that's it, people don't approach things the right yeah. way. Yeah. No, but how did you flip? So uh, you know what? It was just a time in my life. Like a lot of things were changing. Some family members had passed. I was actually moving back to Toronto. My intention was to move back here um, and resume my career in social work. I wasn't planning on taking a break, but like the universe, whatever, a bunch of things ended up happening all at once. And I decided, you know what? I think I've done enough of helping other families. I think I'm going to do something a little different. And um, I actually went to something really different for a while. And and then we moved, did that for a bit. It's really strange. So I was in film and TV for a bit. Then we moved to um, Windsor where uh, I did real estate for a little bit of time. So weird. It's the weirdest place. Sorry for anyone who's from Windsor, but honestly, like it's different. I can't say different. It. You don't know if you're if the person you're talking to is American or Canadian. Everyone's got big hair and nails. Or it's well, that it used to be that. That's what it was like. It was cooler when it was like that. It's actually very depressed now, and you don't even have that. Like, there's the only folks that are really left, you know, I hate to put it this way, are, you know, people who have been there for a long time or whatever and, like, don't really have any desire to go beyond the city or um, folks who can't get out, you know, because either they don't have the ability, they don't have the money. You know, sadly, you see a lot of stragglers. You see a lot of addiction down there. Um, And, you know, so brain drain happened. A lot of the people with aspirations, ambition, um, and degrees, I hate the whole piece of paper thing, but they, they all fleed. You know, they either went across the border or they came up this way. There are tons of people up here from Windsor, tons and tons of people, um, because there's nothing happening down there. So yeah, for us, it was a little bit of a depressed state. I didn't live there very long. I was in and out. I think I lasted like four months. I was there a couple of times. I wanted to move like within the first two weeks. It's so hard. Yeah. Yeah. The first time I was there, it was a booming town. Um, first marriage (laughs) but it was so it was a nice spot you know like I I used to work in Detroit back then and cross the border so I wasn't relying on the Canadian economy I was able to spend my American dollars in Canada I was bringing it over and doing that when I went back the second time with Lewick and we went back and did real estate boy was it ever depressed luckily we went down with our own money because there was no industry down there Um, we made a little bit of money and that's what allowed me to get into the restaurant industry I bought myself a restaurant and uh, and I haven't looked back since. And we left Windsor because it's it's a little back in the day for us. Like you know, we have an ethnic restaurant. We were battling bullshit like on the regular. I was lucky to be very busy. Yeah. But I also dealt with a lot of crap. You know, we came to Hamilton, and you know, almost immediately, like the city totally embraced us. People came out. People super supported. You know, like media and other resources, like really stepped up to you know super help us out. And we became a you know a pretty integral part of the community. Like I love the stuff that we do right now. We do the majority of you know social justice related type events and city events and you know large scale um you know uh community building type uh you know uh i guess events if you will um which to me is a very important thing you know because it allows me to act a little bit more consciously now that i do catering i can choose what i do and don't do which is cool um, so, you know, that ended up leading us to what we do now, you know, and uh, it was just, 
it was always in my life. I've always cooked with cannabis. Um, I've always cooked with cannabis. I've been around people cooking with cannabis, like I said, you know, for as long as I can remember. And it was just a natural thing. I had friends who would ask me to make fudge or different things with cannabis because they would use it for pain relief or to help them sleep or what have you. And, um, you know, I just decided to start uh, infusing some menu items. And, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, before you get into that part, a lot of people think that when you talk about edibles and stuff, I know a lot of people assume that it comes with sweet treats because you see a lot of cereal bars. You see a lot of gummies and stuff like that. Now, this is something totally different. When uh, when Rena cooks, she actually does normal food. So it's like savory foods that you can actually eat for dinner, lunch, not just snackables. So when I'm going to have her talk with you guys about that, we're going to talk about the differences with like microdosing, and you can do this at home. Like people don't understand, it's not all about sweet treats for people out there who just want to have a normal meal. You can take your medicine without smoking a bong hit before. You can actually enjoy your food. But yeah, people don't get that. I think people, some people like my parents, they're like, oh, gummies. I'm like, no, you can have a roast beef dinner with gravy. Like it doesn't have to be that. There can be canapes with like an infused truffle oil. Like people don't get it. Yeah. And it can be so nice because I think people have this perception that it has to be some big, heavy, you know, intoxicating dose that, you know, oh, I don't want to eat my dinner and then feel, you know, comatose. No, that's, that's a terrible experience. Whoever gave you that experience should be slapped on their hand. You know, it should be nice and enjoyable. And, and in my opinion, it should be a little bit milder so that you can have more and build up to it. And you can have a smoke and a few dabs and, 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 and. Yeah, not just watching. Um, you know, yeah, I, I always suggest leave your meal light. The meal itself, leave it nice and light. And you can really enjoy it. You can still enjoy and feel all of the attributes. attributes. You can still experience all of the characteristics of that strain and experience the effects of it without having to make it super heavy, you know, so that you can get through your entire meal, really enjoy it. And it just, like, it's, you know, dare I say it, I hate comparing it to alcohol, but it is to some extent. Hi, everyone. <laughs> oh, yeah, Jackie. Hey, Jackie. Hi, everyone. Um, it's, uh, you know, again, dare I ex- you know, compare it to alcohol, but it's it's almost like having like a glass of wine with your with your meal. I was going to say know? that, like, it's not like of, having a bottle of wine yeah. and chugging and getting sloshed. It's like having you know a little. You mild get that effect. nice little yeah. warmth, and then you're starting to feel relaxed. Yeah. And you, yeah, yeah, and then you know, obviously, most of us will want to have more. <laughs> so we're well, all going to smoke. They probably more. also get scared with edibles because they think of like mushrooms or acid, or like yeah. once you take it and you digest it, you're done. Yeah, you're yeah. kind of you're going. There's no turning back. Yeah. Right, and even if you try to jam like down the rabbit throat, hole, that's not helping you either. <laughs> yeah, and that's not what it's like at all, right? I mean, because we all know, like, there are different things you can do too. Where if you're feeling like you've had too much or or whatever, um, to Lemons. help, yeah. Totally, like lemons, citric acid, CBD, CBD, yeah, to you know just kind of even out the ride. Even eating, you, you know, eating cut. is gonna. Yeah, I did again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always because it's always you know. The other day it was like growing, and every time I look in the mirror, it was like ah, sticking out of the back. So I have to go get it trimmed. But um, yeah, you know, it's it's nice to to mix it up and and have that variety. Yeah. No, that's good. So. You are also part of Cannabis Amnesty. Yeah. I'm not too sure if everybody understands what that actually is or what it does. I know mm-hmm. that when people hear that, I, I automatically think that you guys have something to do with 
law and like information, education, politics. Like, yeah, I'm, it's a, it's all of that, <laughs> actually. You know, and I'm just, you know, dare I say, just the volunteer coordinator. We all work very hard on it, but uh, it really is headed by Anna Maria, Anna Nager, um, Stephanie Giuseppe, Akwasi Awusu Bempe, Tyler James, uh, Shilby, who is our communications person, Rashmi, who's uh, also social media, and and uh, also I'm the last founding member, so it's seven of us in total, um, you know, who come together and do this. They take care of the whole politics thing you know we all help with the supportive work of course but um, you know we have certain individuals who have been writing proposals and grants and you know have been lobbying and in close communication with various politicians who have you know meetings in their chamber and, and who know what the processes you know with a first reading of a bill and a second reading and you can only present this at this point in time and you know you have to wait for this to do this and like you know it's there's so much protocol and procedure that you really have to be someone who's able to nuance your way through it or, or so it's groups know. like this basically that people don't know about that are doing all of the legwork behind so the much scenes work. to try to get people so much work yeah, yeah get things on the table so that they'll even talk about them yeah. on the bill or whatever it's it's so much work in the background to the point where there are some members of our team that have had to make, um, you know, sacrifices with their regular everyday schedules where they've either had to cut back on their regular jobs or they had to get assistance in other ways wow, to keep up. it's just become so intense. It's, it's becoming overwhelming, yeah, and considering that it's such a small amount of us that are, are handling this. And, you know, we're dealing with many different governmental agencies and bodies and, um, you know, by the time you put all of that together. And then, you know, you have all the other aspects of the campaign, too, because we're a nonprofit, so we're always fundraising. We're always, you know, building relationships with different companies and having different events to keep the brand, you know, present and going and keep our mission, you know, present and, and you know, on the forefront. Um, in addition to working on everything yeah. that we need to do to actually instill and enact that change. Um, so yeah, there's there's just tons. There's so much going on that um, you know. I'm sure at times it's really overwhelming for a lot of members, but you know, knock on wood, so far, like we've we've had an amazing response. Um, you know, the announcement with expedited pardons that was made uh, October 17th, actually, I believe was the date that they made that announcement that they were going to expedite pardons. You know, really. All of that was in response to all of our efforts. Um, and we're celebrating. You know, it is a small victory. Yeah. But my personal opinion and, and the opinion of everyone on the uh, uh, campaign is that it's not nearly good enough. It's not good enough. It doesn't erase or undo any injustices of the past. You know, anybody who still has a cannabis conviction, even if you get pardoned, it's still on your record. The difference between a pardon and an expungement is that a pardon is the government, the justice system, if you will, basically forgiving you and excusing you for your previously criminal behavior. Whereas an expungement is the government and or justice system admitting that there has been a change in societal like mindset, oh, meaning that a culture never change, a culture change, change, which means that it never actually was a crime to begin with. And that's a huge fundamental difference. Um, 
because it puts the onus on the government because that's where it came from. It was a created crime. Uh, in addition to the fact that, yes, now that it's not on your record, you can travel freely because it's not going to yeah, show up. Yeah, because you guys, people can't go to the States and yes, stuff like that. Yes, and, and it can't be, you know, held against you, even though it's not supposed to show up on record checks. If people do deep enough checks, like secondary and, and what have you, it's going to come up. And that's that becomes, uh, you know, a judgment call for the individual who you're dealing with, you know, and, and even though they're supposed to remain unbiased about this, the reality is we know that uh, too many people are negatively, um, you know, impacted by this because they are, uh, you know, essentially whoever law enforcement or, or whoever it is that they're dealing with is holding it against them and judging them for that, which they're not supposed to do. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. So back to High Society Supper Club. I don't know if we actually mentioned that name to you guys, but it's High Society Supper Club. I don't think we did, but that's fine. What are your your top items? I know what they are, but I'd like other people (laughs) to know because I know I see you at the events and I come with you to events. Yeah, it's awesome. I want you to talk about them because one of them I know is like probably native to you guys because not everybody eats them. Yeah, probably the doubles maybe? The tamarind? Oh, the tamarind sauce. Okay, yeah, so like I make so many the, things. The little balls. Okay, oh, that's tamarind balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we do tamarind balls. I do like um, well, you do make a lot some of stuff, sweet eh? ones. I haven't even seen all Yeah, I make then. some <laughs> sweet ones. I make some sour ones. Um, I would say my biggest thing is honestly our pepper sauce. It would be our hot sauce. The hot sauce. Well, everybody loves the hot sauce. Um, yeah, and we've been selling that hot sauce out of our regular restaurant for like 10 years. I started infusing it just a couple years ago. And So uh, you do have options for people for both ways? Yeah, totally. I, you know, I still have regular restaurant um, patrons who come and order the regular pepper sauce too. So we have that. Um, oh, Luke's there. Hey, can we get a spliff over here or something? That would be amazing. <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot to bring the weed over or here. Like, it's sitting over there on the table. Oh, uh, yeah, no, no. Um, yeah, so pepper sauce would be the number one. Tamarind sauce is very popular. Uh, you know, depending on the event, we try to do a little bit of pop-up food. So tacos. You'll do something special. For yeah. All. Your tacos like are when amazing. When we do tacos, those usually are, are gone pretty quickly. Thank you. I appreciate that. I love the tacos. Um, doubles. I do Trinidad doubles every once in a blue moon. So, yeah, it's it's a Trinidad street food. What it basically is is it's so good. They're two deep-fried pieces of dough that are like, like they kind of disappear in your mouth. And then you have curry chickpeas in between. But then, like, it's topped with a few different chutneys. So it has the tamarind sauce. It's got coconut chutney on it. usually has cilantro. Sometimes it has mango chutney, too. And then all together, and then it's like a little sandwich. Um, That, I make a lot of spinach fritters with the tamarind sauce. Oh, we just make all kinds of stuff. Like, it just... You know, of course, Caribbean food, jerk chicken, roti, all that. Um, you know, it depends on what the clients are looking for. Wings, ribs. You know, if someone wants uh, dessert, you know, we do these nice, our own version of a beaver tail. I'm holding this so it doesn't fall. Can you reach? I can't put it in. I'm not used to putting things in holes. Oh. That sounds really bad, but... Just doesn't. Is it electrical charge? outlets? Charge. Oh, hopefully it's charging. But uh, yeah, you know, so it's been really interesting. We started out um, actually doing events with Anthony. Um, we, you know, we would 
do orders for customers or friends or what have you, but Anthony started doing a dab and dine. Um, I don't know, was that like five years ago or something? And from his first one, like we, we came in and we decided to uh, be the folks who provided the food. And I think, I kind of want to say like our first one might, might have even been with like a non-medicated meal. Your can of crawl? Um, dab and dine. Oh, the and dab and dine. Yeah, we did the dab and dines ages ago. And then, um, you know, we started doing medicated buffets, <clears throat> which basically uh, the event would culminate with a medicated buffet and, uh, and people would get medicated and they'd go home. Um, yeah, so that was a lot of fun. And that progressed to private dinner parties, to larger dinner parties, to larger events. Perfect. To, I'm sorry about that little disruption um, there. Yeah, all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, that's a High Society Separate Club. So for you guys to know, too, like when you guys get a medicated meal from Rena, it's not just coming on your plate ready to go. You guys actually have the option to medicate yourself with how much you actually want to medicate. So it usually mm-hmm. comes in like... You know how people would think, like, it's coming on everything. Do you want to explain how you guys actually serve the medication? Yeah, just so that people are able to gauge their own experience. We, um, I try to put everything in sauces that accompany on the side. So, you know, the steak, it was in a chimichurri sauce or, like, a cherry steak sauce or something. You got it. Salad dressing, gravy, um, you know. But I would also usually provide a non-dosed version as well so that if someone was starting to feel like they'd had enough or they didn't want to start yet or whatever they could just use the regular and uh often i'd have people take their other ones home like if they didn't eat it like people were always they would take it home they take a little baggie home and be like i'd get messages the next day oh my god you know that pepper sauce was awesome on my eggs or that was awesome on my you know people have it for the next day for breakfast or whatever but um yeah so that way it it's um Allows people to dose themselves gradually and decide whether or not they want to have more or stay where they're at. Exactly. So I was hoping that it's okay, but I'd like to touch base on a small bit of a personal thing. And I know that um, you and Amy and then Tracy were very close. And I don't know if everybody knows, but there was a loss in Canada for a major cannabis family member. Um, She was somebody that actually actually was like in the forefront for a lot of people's rights. She was somebody who spoke up. I personally did not get to meet her. Yeah, but I know that Rena was extremely involved with her. So it's a Google. Tracy, what's her last name? Tracy Curley. I didn't want to say it. Yeah, C U R L E Y. I want to say her Please, please, please check her out. Um, you know, if it wasn't for folks like this, we really wouldn't have legalization. She's one of the folks who were right there on Parliament's doorsteps, you know, day in, day out. She helped all of her friends going through their court cases, endless, endless hours helping them do the research that they needed to challenge the courts. Um, you know, she did all of this for free. And, uh, you know, did it for her entire life, essentially, and, and helped to provide access and to make sure that people were being taken care of. And she fought the fight for those who couldn't fight it and did it even when she wasn't able to do it for herself, which was amazing. Like, like I will never forget, you know, just like she wasn't even feeling very well days leading to my birthday. And, and she still showed up. And she didn't just show up. She showed up and she made me friggin' cookies for my birthday. I didn't even make anything and bring it for my birthday. And she made... She showed up like she showed full up, up like a like, full out. She fully, like, 
wow, you know, and, and that's how she was in every aspect of her life. And, you know, if I took anything away from our relationship, it was like, it really was that, like, you know, I complain sometimes, well, we all do, you know, about so much, like, cause we, you know, we're all whatever, you know, I'm not going to say human that. And unfortunately, yeah, we, yeah. You know, I, I won't say that I'm much of a complainer in the sense, but you know, we all have things that happen. And when that happens, you know, you have, you can look at it one way or the other. And, you know, there's so many times where I, I sit there and I look at it and I'm like, oh my God, like Tracy had so much on her plate and she still wouldn't give in to stuff. Like I can do this. I can continue to go on. I can, I got this you know, and whatever, you know, and be brave, do it, keep going and you'll get there. Yeah. yeah. So make sure that you guys Google her. I'll make sure that I put that in the post Thank about the you. podcast because I want everybody to know about her information and just what she did yeah. because it is, it's like groundbreaking. So we, for any of you guys that are not from Canada, obviously we became legal last year and it took a lot for us to even get to that point. And when they did it, they did it full out like they should. They hit the whole country in one shot. They didn't do it by provinces. They, well, we have different laws, obviously, in each province, but we, we did it all the way across so that mm. nobody was not being treated fair. But it took people like her, and I'm sure there's other provinces that have other people that had their fight too, but we're just noticing this one, and we want you guys, if you're local, to make sure that you guys just know who our local heroes are, please. Yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful. Thank yeah. you. Well, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, thank I you. This. That's so awesome. Thank, thank you, you guys for you. joining us, everyone who's here. Visit Hamilton Vape. Woo! <laughs> till next week, till two weeks from now. Oh, Canna Crawl, October 26th. If you're not doing anything, if you don't have Halloween plans, you know, this is the place to be, guys. We're bringing it. Come on out, celebrate with us. We're going to have plenty of awesome exhibitors, wicked music as always. Um, podcasting, squishing, the most quality in terms of uh, products, as you know. Stuff you will not be able to find anywhere else. You ain't going to find that at no OCS. <laughs> okay, so no. forget the OCS. Save your we money. We are talking about that today. Save your money and show up on the 26th of October. Look out for it. If you don't know where it's at, check it out and find out the information. You won't be disappointed. You won't be disappointed. Right now, tickets are only five bucks, too, man, for Halloween. Come on out. Get your costume ready. Come and join us. Yeah. So make sure you guys have <laughs> costumes. You can have fun. You can put on a mask if you don't want to be seen. You can really go all out. You can closet smokers. Come on out. It's Halloween. Nobody will know. That's right. But there's also this weekend, there's something up in Grand Bend. It's through oh, Canada. So Canada oh, Tours. yes, yes, yes. Ganja Tours. Ganja, Ganja Tours. Tours happening this weekend. What's uh, in Grand Bend? Yeah, there's going to be mini we market, yoga instructors. But- there's going to be workshops throughout the day. Yes. There's camping available. So you want to make sure you hit that. There's also Cannabis Living Expo this weekend. So Yeah, yes, Cannabis Living Expo too. That's right. If we weren't booked on a super awesome event, we're doing a food justice event on Sunday for the city of Hamilton. Uh, I would totally be for the city of Hamilton. You have to do when the city calls you do it. Yeah, you guys all have a great night. Make sure you stay tuned. Next podcast guest is Canada Living Consulting, and we also have that's what we'd said in the double podcast coming straight from actual our local in Kitchener. So see you in two weeks. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. You're awesome. I only took like almost a year. (laughs) I know. I'm so sorry. I'd like to just say thank you so much to all of you today for listening to the latest episode of Smoke Sessions with the Kush Queen. 
in the future, you'll be able to find our episodes every other Wednesday or Saturday on Instagram Live. We'll also be posting all of them onto Spotify and Anchor and Google and iTunes. If you have any other platforms to listen to, you'll probably be able to find me there as well. So just please stay tuned for upcoming guests. All show features are available on Instagram. Have a great day. And again, thanks for listening. Stay lifted and stay tuned.